Welcome to Behind the Maker Podcast. I'm Tiff Marchand from Night Carver Designs, and I am joined with Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Resorts. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. I'm him, Blackthorn Concepts. Um, Nicole was busy tonight and was not able to join us to interview the amazing Char, but uh, Keith stepped in, and I'm super excited because he has something very exciting to talk about. Check out at the end. But we are here to talk about the amazing Char. She is such a dream. This girl motivates me every day to be better, to take chances, and to follow my passion. So I feel like you're going to feel that way after you finish listening to our episode. And I think you're going to really just fall even more in love with this girl. So check her out. And a big thank you to our Patreons. Joseph Gerber, Francis May, Greg Arts, Kyle Foote, Keenan Perrin, and Kevin Hemphill. If you want to join our Patreon, we'd very much appreciate it. And soon you'll be getting our before, our pre-show, if you would, and get a sneak peek at the things that we talk about when we are researching and stocking our guests. Uh, let's, uh, let's get on with the show. Hey, guys. Hey. How are you? I was trying to put my headphones, my headphones in because like you got to close the door. I'm trying to get my kids. Yeah, I completely agree. That's why we record at eight o'clock because I get my kids in bed like right before and then I come down. Okay, they just closed the door, which basically means mayhem is about to happen. (laughs) Someone's Um, gonna fall. Someone's gonna scream. I know. I know it's not plugged in. <laughs> I, I know. Can you get in bed? Good night, Cassidy. Good night, Cassidy. Oh, she, she has hair. <laughs> Good night, Cassidy. Good night, Cassidy. <laughs> like, mom, I'm cute. You're you're gonna encourage her. You know, they they think life is a YouTube channel. Oh my God, my son is like cracking jokes now when I put him in stories. He knows when, like, to land a joke. And I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> are you, and you know are you what? you telling me life is not YouTube? I know, right? <laughs> and and um, the internet loves twins. So you got to get those boys in the back of every video you do. <laughs> you know, people have told me to start including them in my videos. They want to see more. Yeah. You should. You yeah, should. I, I started putting the kids on and of every video I've ever done, even the ones that have taken 38 years to record and edit, the one with them being crazy got like 20,000 views. (laughs) And I'm like, and that was an accident. You're like, I I know, right? I'm like, here I am thinking, oh my god. I like the one the other day where they were just recording themselves and you're (laughs) off in the corner talking. Oh, like, what are you guys talking, talking about? They were talking about Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, you know, you don't have to like unlock the phone to get to the camera. Mm-hmm. So they'll just take it and press record. <laughs> and they'll just, and I'm like trying to cook dinner. So I can't keep put my phone down. <laughs> and they're like, well, we, we need to talk about something. We need to talk about Phil. Like who is Phil? Like the groundhog. I'm like, how am I 40? And I didn't even know the groundhog had a name. Oh, That's come on. Phil. 
You've never seen know Groundhog Day clearly because you would definitely know his name if you've seen that movie. No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know, but <laughs> they put me on. Look at you guys with your fancy setups. Well, Keith really worked hard before we got on here. Like I did work hard. Yeah, he was running around That's getting cables. I got lights set. That bar up. wasn't <laughs> lit. Yes. My bar was not lit. <clears throat> well, every single room in my house is taken. My husband's actually on another Zoom call in our room, so I got kicked out of our room. <laughs> oh, geez. So I am on the couch with a weird angle in my face. <laughs> well, it's it's working. Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. You're good. Well, Shar, I don't know if you know Keith, but this is Keith from Blackthorn Concepts. Nice to meet Hi, you. Hi, Keith. It's I nice to meet you, too. Us. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. we were on Clubhouse a lot. Yeah. Okay. You know, I was on Clubhouse when it first came out, and it was just so, like, time-consuming. You get sucked in. It's yes. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And then I would, like, pipe pop in in the morning to a room and then someone would go shars here they get all excited Then, <laughs> like an hour later i'm still on clubhouse and i'm just like we know it's bad yeah. i've spent too many hours on clubhouse but you learn to just leave it in the background yeah you, you kind of leave it in the background and then, then you can figure out when to pipe in and when not yeah. to pipe in yeah. yeah i'm trying my add just sometimes kicks clubhouse. in and i we do it easier way. I'm working my day job, so I'm literally just sitting on a computer all day. Uh, I thought you quit. Not yet. Not yet. I'm easing into that. The plan is happening, Char. My boss already okay. knows. I told her today, actually. I told her, so <laughs> I think I'll be going full time soon. I just want to let you know. <laughs> so it's it's been spoken. It just hasn't been official yet. The foundation has been laid. Yes. Yes. As Keith said earlier today that I've been laying a the, foundation. The empire is being built. I'm a planner. I'm a planner. I know we talked about this, Char. Like, you jump in. I unfortunately don't really follow the playbook of life and the rules that everybody else follows. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I tried that once and it went horribly south. <laughs> horribly is this a job that you were at before you quit well this was i think 20 like maybe 2014 2015 okay. sat down with my husband i said okay let's make a three-year plan it's gonna be epic okay we're gonna pay off some debt we're gonna move and are you good with two kids yeah i'm good with two kids okay bam. close the door within <laughs> Duke, close the door Duke. within three months um of us making that plan my daughter's school which had been open for 65 years said um we're closing uh the lord is leading us in a different direction and we're closing and i'm just like oh my gosh okay so like i don't know what to do like in the middle of school year what do i do right so that was panic for like three or four months um and I'm a very like frail, thin person. And I started gaining weight, primarily in my butt. And I was like, what? This girl is getting a butt? I'm like, wait a minute. That's a pregnant butt. Uh-oh. But I can't, like medically, I couldn't be pregnant. I was pregnant. It was twins. I was like, okay, uh, 
Poor we got kids. this, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we got this. Um, and then like, I got really, really sick. And then my husband lost his job and then he was taking care of me and everybody else. And then I could, it would, it just spiraled. Yeah, so yeah. when people like make a plan, I'm like, no, the last time I made a plan, no, <laughs> no. I wake up and whatever happens that day happens. <laughs> no plans. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. <get that. laughs> oh man. Twins really do like shake your life though. Like you already had, you know, you're two already, right? You had two before. Yeah, yep. so you already had that. You thought you were good, and then how how old were the two when you had the twins? Three and seven. So three in diapers at the same time. Well, so no, he was out. Well, no, yeah, he so was three out. in so diapers. I, so three in so, diapers. Um, two. No, he was out of diapers. Well, we that's good. Sure, you got him done young. Well, we made sure he was out before the twins came because that's I just good. couldn't imagine taking care of three yeah yeah i just had like a i know the, the flashbacks sorry are... i don't mean to bring back the flashbacks dude it's okay it's tough <laughs> it's a they positive don't, podcast they don't, they don't stop no we go, we cry a lot on here too don't worry there's been a lot of tears on this podcast i may edit some out but yeah there's been moments like when leslie was on here that you know nicole and i were just crying along as she was, you know, sharing all the stuff that happens after you have kids. It's a nightmare. <laughs> At least it, it is. Was, it was for me. And you know what else is about to be a nightmare? My kids who keep getting out of bed mm. and they know that mommy is working. Unless someone is bleeding, then you should be asleep. <laughs> Where's your father? Oh. <laughs> I Keith, do you have kids? I do not. No, no. You see how nope. he's sitting there relaxed? I'm, I know, I'm right? Relaxed. Sure, I'm relaxed at the bar. I don't have kids. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Don't be um, jealous. Don't be jealous. No, they're they are they are truly a blessing. And I love having a big family because I grew up as an only child and it was boring as yeah so now it's like never boring you know there's like no privacy um a locked door means nothing <laughs> because they know how to pick the locks so yeah it's no lines in the sand we're just open i was you get it i grew I up with three brothers I, I get it i get it okay yep <laughs> if gets it so I want to talk about you, like young you, because I'm like scrolling down and I like stalked you a little and I saw you started in 2017 with a little bit of wood turning. Was that one of the first things you were doing in the woodworking world or is that just the first you decided? appearance on Instagram? Yeah, that was, that was my first appearance on Instagram. And what I always tell people, Instagram's cool, but Instagram is not going to be around forever. Right. Like I was making before Instagram. Exactly. So I think I already gave my age. Who cares? I'm 40. I'm I like 40. being 40. Okay. 40 is good. Cause I, I care do. less about what people have to say. <laughs> and think. Literally. Um, I so agree with you. <laughs> right. I'm like, really? Whatever. Okay. So when I graduated from college, I was, I think 20 or 21. And I've always had this really expensive taste, right? 
I'm like, I'm a baller. Fake, I'm not, because I have no money. Um, I had an internship when I graduated and I got my first apartment with my best friend and I could not afford furniture, right? For this really nice apartment in the nice part of town. And I kept going to the store where I saw this bed. I think the bed was like $500, which to me that might as well have been like $10,000 because I had like $5 in my pocket. And I kept going to the store to see if it was on sale and it wasn't. And I'm like, maybe someone will like walk up to me and say, oh my gosh, you look like a nice girl. Can I buy this bed for you? (laughs) And no one did. And like the fifth trip to the store, I'm like underneath the bed, looking at it to see how it's made. And I'm thinking if I had some wood, I could probably make that. So I take a picture of the bed with my razor flip phone <laughs> and I text it. <laughs> I text, this is how, this is how long ago it was. And by the way, there was no YouTube at the time. Um, I text my uncle, who's like a carpenter. And I said, I want to make this bed. What do I need to make it? And he said, okay, you have to go to the store, tell them to cut it, you know, these dimensions. So I went to Home Depot and they cut it and I stuffed it in my Altima. And I borrowed a drill from my boss at the time. I had no idea what I was doing. And it took me three months to make this platform bed, right? Yeah. And I slept in that bed for seven years until I moved in, met my husband in college, moved in my husband, whatever, and never broke. But then I was like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. Like, can I just, can I just do this? Of course, no. I mean, I have bills, you know, I have a job. I'm trying to climb my way up the ladder in corporate America. And I would like start spending all of my money on whatever tool I could get you know, a drill, like buying my own drill, buying a circular saw, buying some screws. I mean, I still was broke, right? So I really couldn't afford a lot. But I started making like really crappy furniture. We're talking like butt joints, like just butt joints. I had no idea that there was such thing as a pocket hole. I'm just like, what? And I kept making little random things. And I'm just like, I really like making stuff just only my family would buy it, but I really like making it. So, you know, I'm acquiring more and more tools, basic tools. And I, I said, you know what? I really like working, but is there, what is the possibility of me just waking up every day, going outside to a garage and just making sawdust? Like, in what world does that happen, right? Like, is that even possible? (laughs) Right. Well, I kept saying that. I kept wanting it. I kept visualizing it, trying to figure out how that could be. Well, remember that little story I told you in the beginning about 2014? My life basically went to shit. Mm -hmm. Um, As a result, after I had the twins, I did go back to my job for about five months. And I concluded that that was not where I was supposed to be. Yeah. And I left with no plan. Again, there I go again with no plans. I know, but I just love the balls that you have, though. You just, (laughs) I'm done. I need that in my life. Right? I know. She's my. (laughs) I do. I do. She's the reason I tell my boss today that I'm going to be quitting soon. (laughs) Like, I was like, deuces, I'm out. Yeah. And 
I, I didn't have I didn't have a game plan at all. Um, so I left. I stayed home with the twins for a little while, and then I started making again, right? And I had to wait five years for them to go to school. They went to day school, but I had to wait five years. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> retract six <laughs> years because I was like, oh, I cannot wait until August 2020 because all four of my kids will be in school and I will have so much time on my hand. What could possibly stop that from happening? That is what you I need, see in my you mind. You just stop making plans now. Exactly. August 2020 is not a good plan. You thought that I would have learned to not make plans. And what happens? The freaking pandemic. Yeah. So six years I had to wait. And everybody's at school by this time. And um, I wake up and I put on my sweats and my t-shirt and I go outside uh, to my shop, which now has every single tool that anybody could imagine. Yeah, and I just have this moment of like realization that what I wanted so long ago, I finally got. Like all I wanted to do yeah. was wake up with no intention and go outside and make something. And I'm just like, I just felt so overwhelmingly blessed, but I had to go through so much mm-hmm. to get to that point. And here we are now, now, I don't, I really don't know what else I could ask for. I really don't. (laughs) Yeah. So it started way before that first post of me turning a pin at one of the woodworking shows here in Atlanta. It started back in 2003 with just a a desire to want to make things because I couldn't afford them. And then it turned into this whole other career and here I am with you thinking that I'm worthy of being on your podcast. Oh, absolutely worthy of being on our podcast. A hundred percent. I share such like that journey. It just resonates with me. I've been waiting for my kids to be settled with school. Cause like I started thinking about going full-time two years ago, but my kids were upstairs all day being watched by grandma and grandpa. And I go, if I quit, what am I going to be doing? But watching the kids, like no offense. I don't want to be up there watching them all day. So like, I just kept riding it out. And now that they're back in school, you know, and like, I can see the possibility of having that time while they're in school. Now I'm like, this actually can actually happen now. Like I paid my dues. I've like, as Keith has told me today, I like how he said it. I built the foundation and now I'm at the point where I don't have that much longer there. You know, it's, it's really nice. I feel I, when I said it, I, I, like when I told my mom, my plan, that's when I felt like I could finally breathe because my mom's, I love her very judgmental. So I had to like, just get it out because I knew if I kept it a secret from her, I would be scared until, you know, like I would just be scared. What is she going to think? What is she going to think? Like, it would just keep going in my head. She's hundred percent Italian, very fierce, <laughs> very fierce. An immigrant's kid, that. you know, like my grandmother came here and built a life and, you know, so it was always just like work, work, work in our family. I get that. Well, I'm, I'm proud of you, Thank you. for stepping out and, and doing that. And so many people don't get it. Yeah. Like I know people in my family 
don't get they're like you want to do what yeah like is that is that even a job I'm like apparently so I took my family on vacation with that job yeah <laughs> so yeah it is and uh Keith I'll be waiting for you to post something about your resignation soon I hope oh, let's see we'll see we'll see I don't know I'm such a risk taker <laughs> kind of it's such it's such a hurdle I know, I, I know, but what I always tell people is that it may not be true for everybody, but, and I say this loosely, you are happier broke than you are with money. You know what I mean? Like I think about my, my worst day in corporate America, I had a nice salary, you know, I had benefits and blah, 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 blah but I was miserable and being your own boss, like there are some months where I don't have any money, but I'm like, I'm happy. Right. I'm doing, I, I still get to do what I love and most importantly, be there for my family who needs me most. I mean, when I was working in corporate America, I worked like 80 hours a week. And I never really saw like my oldest child. Um, and when I would come home, sometimes she would just kind of go, I mean, she was young, but kind of look at me like, who are you? Yeah. I'm like, hey, remember, it's me. Remember the lady, your mom? Yeah. I put you in bed, I wake you up. <laughs> right, I carried you for nine months, that whole part. Uh, so I said, I didn't want to repeat that, right? And now I have this opportunity to, um, wor literally work from home. I mean, the number of productions that have been filmed at my house are just, I really can't even put into words. It's pretty amazing. It like, is. It you're is. on an amazing journey though. Like you're on a path that I don't think that if I put my resignation on, I would hit that path that you're on. Not yet, but you're gonna be <laughs> but you don't like look at his Keith, face his face his face ain't get what, he what have a tv face <laughs> well but you know what keith you don't but you don't know that like i never i never set out to do any of this any of this all i can say what i did was i was present like i just i showed up right so for example i didn't add the part about the teaching right the teaching journey that I started, I always have to blast my maker space, mm -hmm. the cater makers, oh, because talk about them. that is, that's my heart. Me that's too. my jam. But I'm at this maker space, like every day using the soft stop because for a long time, I didn't own one. And eventually they're like, Hey, do you want to, um, do you want to teach? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not sure that I know enough to teach somebody. Well, you know, you know a little bit more than someone who knows nothing. So I, I did it and I just thought, oh my gosh, I love teaching. Why, do, why, why did I love that so much? Mm -hmm. It was so fulfilling and so enjoyable um, for me to start teaching. But I say all that to say, Keith, like showing up, right? Like you say, okay, I want to be around other makers. You're going to Workman's Con, right, Keith? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there. 
Okay, I, I'm just gonna say this. What happens at WorkbenchCon have to stay at WorkbenchCon, okay? <laughs> because I've, I've never had a group of people around me or people that I wanted in my life other than my family, like I want and need the maker community. Yeah. And just to be in that same space with everybody I can't put into words and I can't wait. And some of us will probably get COVID because we're gonna take our mask off and we're gonna be hugging and some people might be kissing. And I just, I can't wait. <laughs> I love it. It. Sh it should be a good time. Yeah. It should be. I booked last night. Yep, he made this like, last night. I've, I've been oh. debating it for months. Ask Tiff. I've been debating oh, yeah. it for months. <laughs> is it worth it? Is it worth it? <laughs> yeah, since like, I would say July. And then last night, the wife was like, just do it. So she's like, I'll go Good. with you. So I, I booked it and we're off. So. That's cool that she's, she's coming with you. Um, when I went the first year, I didn't know anybody. And I was super nervous and it was just, it was like panic attack because I didn't know anybody. And then by the second year, I was speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't yeah. that crazy? It is, it yeah. is crazy. And I, I, I just think that when you find something you're passionate about and you are truly passionate, like in your heart, people pick up on that energy and they pick up on that vibe. And I think that that is probably what people see when they speak to me is that, and I guess because it's, I mean, I hate it, but then it's okay. It's sort of like, I don't look like somebody who would be that into power tools, first of all, right? I don't I'm know, just like pretty comfortable with them. Yeah. <laughs> If you if you didn't know me, oh, yeah, and you yeah. just like met me at your kid's school. You go, oh, there's another twin mom at the kid's school, and you know this is probably like a frumpy housewife. I don't dress up anymore since I left corporate America. I have not worn a pair of high heels. I would probably look like a newborn goat <laughs> trying to walk if I put on heels. You know, I have on my leggings and my my Nikes and a t-shirt and my hair is never combed and if someone was like yo her garage is full of power tools and she teaches kids how to use them people go huh really <laughs> her I'm like that's right and I think I think that that's part of like the draw and I don't tell everybody that either like I, I don't just like wear a shirt that says I turn wood or anything because everybody doesn't need to share in your um, in your Action. journey. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Some people don't. It wouldn't affect them either way either. So why share it? You know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. People go, oh, you know, what do you do? I'm like, oh, you know, I teach and take care of my kids. And if I'm with someone who knows, they'll kind of look at me like, okay. I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about the two of you, but I avoid passion killers. So if I know somebody's going to be a Debbie Downer or what I love to do, I just don't bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. If I tell them, oh, yeah, I spent I spent the last three weekends out in my shop. That's why you haven't heard from me. 
if they're going to give me crap about it, I'm just not going to bring it up. I'll be like, yeah, I was busy. And that's it. You know, they don't need to know Good. what I'm doing. Nope. I like that. I like that. Because people will, people, if you allow it, people will, they will drain you of your energy. Yeah. You know, you're hyped about something. You're like, oh my gosh, I just spent all day in the shop. I crushed it. I feel great. I finished this project. And someone's like, oh, is that all you did? Are you kidding me? The best, <laughs> the best is when you bring that excitement and you're not even done. Like you just cut, right? you just rough cut everything. You're like, I got this new project. Look at everything I did. I cut up all this raw material. I milled it. And it just looks like a stack of lumber. Listen. And they're like, yeah, okay. And you're like, yeah, how cool is that? They, they don't know. I call nope. those people fashion killers. Fashion <laughs> nope. Killers. We don't need passion killers around here. Nope. We definitely don't. And when people, when people are like, um, okay, what exactly is WorkbenchCon or any other maker event? And I just think about it. Like my husband supports what I do, but he's, he could care less about wood and to be nice. He'll go, Oh, you know, how's it going outside? And I go, Oh, well, I ran out of cherry today and I got a hold of some oak and I had such a horrible time with the oak because it was so tough to cut through the saw. I actually think I need to change blades. You know what? Tomorrow I'm going to go get the 80 TPI blade. Um, so what time are you, what time do you need to be? Are you asleep? He's like, His eyes roll back. Yep. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, he doesn't, he doesn't care, but Workbench Con, any other maker event, like you tell someone that they're like, oh, no, you need to try this brand of blade. Right. No, this one's better, right? No, really, I've never tried that one before. You know, I'm partial to this one because the XYZ, oh, those rust too easily. You don't want to get those. And you're like, yes, I get to talk about this all weekend. Yeah. Sorry, I get excited no. about blades and screws. That is our thrill of Clubhouse because we get that on a daily basis. That's that's the art our little co-workers you know okay so you have to tell me what the popular rooms are now on clubhouse we've been hanging out in keeps working hands working hands club uh he has a podcast as well uh keeps the podcaster and that's the name of his podcast but yeah we've been hanging out in there a lot lately there's working hands there's shop talk shop talk yep. I, it, it's really just follow the people and, and you'll, you'll figure out what room. rooms yeah. you need to be in. It's like being at a desk nest to somebody in an office building. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to talk about uh, what you have going on right now. So you, you, we touched about the classes that you teach, but you're teaching children, which is a really cool aspect. Like, are you still, you're still doing adults as well too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So everybody in the mix. Everybody. Everybody's a maker. I love uh, it. All, all, all ages maker group, right? That's right. That's right. Um, although I do have a heart for teaching children, it's something about seeing a child, especially a little girl, use a miter saw for the first time, right? Because just the energy that flows from this loud, noisy yeah. machine into your hand, and you have control over cutting something that's perceivably, perceivably uh, uncuttable, a piece of wood, is I don't know, just something clicks behind their eyes and it lights my soul on fire just to see a child be introduced to making because it not only instills confidence that they now could do something that they never did before, 
but that confidence then spreads to other areas of their lives. And to me, that's super important. And I, I think it's so important because I have young children and I want them to grow up to be empowered and to be confident and to be able to conquer things that are metaphorically big and scary and literally. So I want to be someone who practices what she preaches. So of course, all of my kids have used power tools and they've got their own set of tools. And I involve them with my classes. I bring them to class. They help me set up for these classes. They help pass out tools and screws and they grew up at the makerspace. I mean, the twins were there with me almost every day and everyone there knows them. I'm like, hey, can you, can you keep an eye on them? I need to go in the wood shop for a second and, and cut a few things. And it's sort of like you end up being what you're around all the time, right? So inevitably they became tiny makers, right? And I, I love it. I think it's, I, I think it's typical and normal for kids to have drills by the time they're four or five years old. And most people are like, I would never give little Johnny a power tool. I'm like, you need to trust little Johnny. Maybe he can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, let's try and like bring all the children to me and I will make them <laughs> makers. Okay? okay. My kids have been using drills since they were like one. It's hard for them. You know, you have to like help them push the button because it's so hard, but yeah. Right. They could, they have been playing. So yeah. I play. feel I. I feel like I grew up around tools, so it's like an extension of your arm after that. So the earlier you get them, the better. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's my, my stance. So my, um, of course, my mission, my mission is children. So I'm, I'm starting a woodshop program at my kids' school this year. We finally got the green light to do that. And I am so stoked about it because I've worked at other schools getting their makerspace program started and helping their children get into power tools. I think my favorite, my favorite experience was working at a high school with children who had learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, ADD, ADHD, dyslexic. And I was nervous about teaching these high school students. And I'm like, you know, is this a good idea? And they were the sweetest kids. You know, the teachers told me, you may have to repeat things more than once for them. And I said, oh, so it's just like home. It's just like my kids. Yeah. Gotta say things like five times, but I didn't, you know, you just have to give them one step at a time instead of 10 steps, but they were completely yeah. capable. And it's the, it's the look that I get and I'm used to the look when I walk into a place, a school, a meeting, whatever. And I tell people that I'm the woodshop teacher. I can just see it. They go, what? how and who. And of course, these kids were just like, okay, lady. And it took me about a week to finally make that connection with them. And we made that connection. I'll never forget. Uh, we had finished up our first project on a Thursday and we, I didn't want to start the next project on a Friday. So I said, what can we make that's quick and simple? So I was up late cutting wood, I said, we'll make, uh, we'll make catapults, right? That's basic, it's easy. It involves so many different things, physics, engineering, et cetera. 
and I ran to the store before class and I got some marshmallows. And we had so much fun making those catapults and launching marshmallows at each other. And I, I finally found a connection with these kids. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm in there now. I'm just like, can I just teach kids forever how to cut wood and how to put things together? Like, I don't care if it doesn't make me a million bucks. It makes my soul happy. Oh, I feel like you're going to like bring back like wood shop to America. Like I really do. Not just to Georgia, to America. I love it. I, that is, that's so funny that you say that because back in 2020 at the last Workbench Con, um, we had to write down, they gave us these cups and we had to write down what our goal was, our career goal. And I said, my goal is to bring Woodshop back to schools. And every day since then, I have been working on it and I have been in schools and I have been at camps and I've been championing for these things to happen. And it's, it's happening. Are you building a network of makers? It's great. It's, it's happening. I'm not, I'm not planning anything. I'm just, I'm showing up, mm-hmm. I'm doing the work, volunteering my time um, where I'm needed. And I know that the dots will, they will just connect. Absolutely. They, they will. I mean, I can't go back to corporate America. Mm-mm. I mean, I would probably like kill myself if I did have to go back. You're making me want to quit today. Well, Keith. You wear oh. it. She's so good. <laughs> so so- so I went to school to be a shop teacher. I went to college to be a shop teacher. Did you really? Yeah, I did. And, and uh, I keep that quiet, but I did. And um, yeah. And then when I was halfway through shop was pretty much gone and they were switching to STEM. Like the curriculum changed when I was in college from shop teaching to STEM. And at the time it didn't interest me. I was bored with it. And then, and I was like, the, I, like, I just want to teach shop. I want to teach metal shop. I want to teach wood shop. When you're going for one career and then everything changes. Everything yeah. changed. And it was like that, you know, like as I was in college. So I, uh, I kind of didn't care. And now I wish I was just had done it because now it would be fun to be in a STEM. Yeah. It's too late. But it's, but no, oh, it would be, it would be no. fun to be a STEM teacher now. No, I'm, I'm older and not, and not, and not, you know, like, I think it would Keith, be fun. Keith, you're hurting my heart. I'm you're, hurting it's, your heart. <laughs> it's because it, because it's not, because it's not, it's not, it's not too late. And it's not too late. First of all, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot that I, I, I disagree with in the curriculum of, of, of the latest stuff. So, yeah, you know, okay. If I can we if I was at a makerspace teaching, maybe, maybe, but you know. Well, can we talk? Can we go into? Can we? What about go you? It's not about in, me. We'll talk about me. Okay. Let her speak, Keith. I won't go in. We don't have to get into it now, but maybe when we see each other in a couple weeks, we can talk. We can talk more about it because I want to hear your thoughts on on STEM learning because that is important to me. Also. But I also want to say that it's never too late to pivot. And sometimes that's okay. And I say that based on my own story, because I was sure that I just wanted to make things for people, right? 
because I right. didn't have space in my home to make things. Well, I mean, let's be honest, when you're making something for yourself, you never really finish it anyway. No, I don't have much on my way. No, but then I'm making these things for people and I'm just like, gosh, it takes me so long to finish it. And I'm not good with deadlines. And then the pandemic happened. And then I felt like I had to pivot, right? And that's when the brand partnership started happening. And then that kind of ran its course. And then there was a pivot to like television. I'm like, I never set out to do this. But does that mean that you let go of your first love? No, your first love will always be making. So you make sure you incorporate that. But sometimes you have to change direction as long as you stay true to what you what it is you really want to do and why you really got into into what you're doing it's okay if something new comes along and you don't agree with everything or the way that it's the way that it's it's done i'm not trying to tell everybody to quit their job because i realize everybody doesn't have the same financial situation that i have or the same setup or married to the same guy who just holds me down in more ways than I could ever imagine or thank him for. But like I said before, I do think people can feel your passion when you believe in something. And I always have a year from today goal, right? So if today where I don't want to use the word complaining, but we're thinking about, oh, you know, I don't really like this in my life, or I don't like the way this is going. I don't like the way I feel about this. We don't have control over everything, but the things that we do have control over, you say to yourself, I don't want to be in this position this time next year complaining mm -hmm. about the same thing or feeling the same way that I feel. So if you say, I do want to, I do want to leave my job or I do want to be here with my career a year from today, then, okay, what steps do I, what steps do I really need to take to get there? So that this time next year, when we see each other again, hopefully at Workbench Con, what have you been up to over the past year? Oh, you know, the same thing. <laughs> no. Smack me around a little bit. <laughs> I think you said some words you needed to hear, apparently. <laughs> yep. I'll just take Keith in the corner and hem him up. And I'll say, Keith, we talked about this last year. Yeah. Why are you still doing this? We'll it. see. We'll see. <laughs> Look, I'm just here to plant a seed. I had about 370 days before this conversation. I got plenty of time. <laughs> Oh God. I'm I'm just here to plant seeds and then there's other people and other experiences in your life that will water these seeds and will yield a beautiful harvest in a year and you can reap what you have sowed and hopefully what you have sowed is all good. I know that it will be. So I was gonna say is I think you're uh, speaking obviously more to Keith, more than just <laughs> everybody who's gonna be listening to this. I feel who, called I feel called out. World, no, I feel like it's speaking to everyone right now. Like everyone who it needs is. to hear that is going to be hearing that. And I love that. You know what I mean? Like, it's well, yeah, because I've already harassed Tiff about quitting her job. So I'm, know, I'm, just going, I'm behind the lazy exactly. this week. 
<laughs> exactly. I'm just going through my list here. I'm like, okay, got her to quit, him to quit, follow passion. <laughs> Who's next on the list? You exactly. got to get my wife to quit too. She's <laughs> yeah, she's his probably first. She's probably first on the list for the maker. <laughs> All right, put her. Well, I'll get a chance to meet her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, two weeks. So can we talk a little bit about what you're going to be presenting about at WorkbenchCon? Because you're going to be airing right before. So I figured it's kind of perfect if somebody, you know, is going to be coming to classes, like, what are you going to be doing? I am going to be doing a dance. It's called stripping. I'm kidding. <laughs> so oh, everybody, I'm kidding. I only accept $100 bills. I'm well, kidding. Buy some stuff later, you know? You gotta- exactly. I need more tools. No, I don't. Um, (laughs) um, So I will be sitting on a panel with four other amazing makers and one amazing moderator. And we we will be talking about diversity in social media. Now, to most people, it's not a thing. It's not an issue. What's the problem? I see my Black friends. I see my Asian friends, my Hispanic friends. But unless you are a minority, you realize the lack, right? Now, when I got on social media, I did not see any other Black women cutting wood. I just didn't. And I thought, there's no way I'm the only one. I mean, I know I'm not the only one. Not everybody who does woodworking is, is on social media, first exactly. of all. Yep. People have been doing it for like 800 million years. <laughs> um, and a lot of people don't care or have the time to, to advertise it, which is fine. Everybody has their thing. So I want to know why in 2022 am I still the first and only Black woman on a lot of these pages for brands why is that is it because it's just not marketable is it not believable because when someone says woodworker you probably have a picture in your mind of an older retired white man right with a beard (laughs) and a flannel shirt and the sad part about it is that's partially true I'm part of an organization here in Georgia for woodworkers. And there's, I think maybe two or 300 members. I'm the only black woman. Yeah. The only, I think there's four other females who are, they're probably in their sixties. And I'm just like, why, why is that? Mm -hmm. When I'm in a room with people that don't look like me, I don't feel different. We're all talking about the same thing. We're all makers. I don't care what color you are, but the world does. And I wanna help people of color figure out what to do. I, I mean, I get plenty of calls with people say, a brand approached me, they wanna work with me. I have no idea what to tell them. Like, how much do I charge them for a post? And then they go, I'm not, no one's going to pay me that. I'm like, these people have money, they will pay. But I want to encourage people and share my experience with social media and how I feel like I've had to navigate it as a Black 
woman and a mom, because sometimes moms get put in a box, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Black women get put in a box and I don't want to be in anybody's box. Right. I agree. And I also want to share with people my experience with television. Most people want to be on TV, but let me tell you, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And all TV is not good TV and all money is not worth it. What are you giving up to get that money? So we're going to talk about how do you break into television? How much should you get paid to be on TV? What's it really like? I haven't done a lot of TV, but I feel like I've done enough um, to be able to share what my experience is like and what you can expect and what you cannot expect and the importance of having an agent on your side so that you don't have to deal with um, the nuances of the business part of television. Because sometimes that takes away from the love of what you're doing. At least it did for me for a little while, but now I don't have to negotiate that stuff. I say, plus they're going to fight for you because they want a nice commission too. So, you know, exactly, exactly. I've had my agent tell me not to take certain things because it wasn't, it wasn't worth it for him. Yeah. Hmm. So we're going to, we're going to deep dive and each of us on the panel has something that we're great at. I believe people are good at many things, but each of us is great at one thing. So we're each gonna share our own experiences as a minority in this space. And I do hope that everybody, and I don't just mean minorities, I mean, everybody comes out and supports because here's the important thing. We still need allies Mm -hmm. that don't look like us. And what I mean by allies is not followers. You can follow me but you never like my posts. You never comment on them. And I'll tell you this, I don't think I've shared this with anybody. Um, 2020, Black Lives Matter movement. It was such a sad and depressing time for so many of us, not just African-Americans, but just so many of us just to see the divide and hate that we have to live with in this country and in our world. And especially to have young children that are living through that and explaining that to them. You're in a part of it too. I remember uh, you were out with your kids and you had an Yep. I was out with my kids and someone was rolling around the street with a shotgun. I remember. And I was, I was, I was scared for my life. Yeah. And I'm just, I was, I was heartbroken that, that they have to deal with this, that we have to live with this, right? And it was sort of like the whole world realized that maybe some of them were racist, that some of them were not showing up for people of color. So it was this whole, um, this is how I'm going to show my support to my Black friend, follow my Black friend. And my following count went up so high in the matter of a week. And most people go, oh, that's great. You got 2,000 followers. And I thought to myself, I never joined this platform for that reason. And I don't want followers 
because people feel sorry for me. I don't feel sorry for myself. But I wonder where those people are now. Would you ever think that maybe it's just they never knew who you were and they were excited to follow you? Because when they got on your page, they were like, oh, shit, this girl is awesome. There's got to be that, too, because it brought that attention to you. Some of them, yes. But Tiff, I'll be honest with you. Some people use me and view me as a token. Mm. And I, I know that. I get it. I know that and I don't like it. I'll never sell myself out for money because I'm not here for money. I'm here for the love of making and I'm here for the love of community. Yeah, granted, I agree with you. Some people were probably like, oh, she's actually legit, right? And then, funny. Some like, <laughs> and some people were probably like, oh, I've done my due diligence. I'm following some black people now. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I am not a racist. Yeah. I, I, I promise you that that is some people's mindset and it, and it hurts my heart because I spent two months on the phone with people wanting me to educate them on blackness. Mm. See, I'm from an intermingled family. So like I never it's never been a thing you know what I mean like I've just always been part of a mixed family (laughs) exactly me me too it was never a thing for me either I'm from California originally from California and it was one big melting pot Mm -hmm. I mean before I moved to Georgia all of my boyfriends were white I'm like that I came to Georgia and I, I saw this big like line in the sand I'm like what is segregated city oh my gosh you think it would have been over by now but no but no so anyway we're gonna just we're we're gonna dive into some dive into some stuff on the panel so I hope everybody that's listening and that is attending the conference will support our panel whether you're black white green Haitian purple short tall whatever just just come and support because we need everybody to show up for each other in this Those community. that are coming when is your panel is it saturday uh it's friday and saturday friday and saturday yes so it's friday at don't quote me on this i believe it's two o'clock it's either between two and two thirty. it's two o'clock hour on both friday and saturday that's awesome no, it's great. We had, um, Katie's going to be with you, right? Katie Freeman. Katie Freeman, Alma with Pink Soul Studios, mm-hmm. Monica, House of Esperanza, Ben, Wobi Design, yep. and Charlotte at Charlotte's House. It's awesome. It's a great lineup of people who are just so talented. Uh, we had Katie on the show in the very beginning, a uh, very long time ago. We actually have uh, Wobi Designs coming up in a couple of weeks, so. Very cool. Katie is one of my closest friends in real life. Yeah, she's a good person. She is. I, oh. I love Katie. And Katie has Katie has had my back and she's believed in me since day one and vice versa. So Katie is Katie is my girl. Yeah. So exciting. 
we didn't ask you any of the questions <laughs> that people sent in, but we rarely do. I was telling Keith before, like I, I supplied him the questions and I'm like, sometimes we get to them. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> we could, I could do a two minute rapid fire. Oh, all right. All right. You ready? I'm ready. So RC Woodshop writes, who is her favorite woodworker and why did she pick RC Woodshop? Um, obviously, Dustin's my favorite. Thank you for your question, Dustin. <laughs> Robin N. Brad says, all-time favorite project? Um, first thing I ever built, my bed, 2003. Uh, awesome. She, or he also asks, what is your favorite part of the build process? Sketching out my design and envisioning it coming to real life. I love that. Uh, making at home, Steve asks, what are her favorite types of projects? Favorite types of projects are things that I build for my children. J. Mark Laguerre Design, I could be pronouncing that wrong, says, how do you manage your time? I don't. I have no time, <laughs> no concept of time, and no time management skills. <sighs> that was right. so great. I love that rapper. Do you want to do Kendra's question, too? Uh, From Damrad Designs? Damrad oh, yes, Design. I have that one here. Yes. Uh, my first question is, how excited is she to meet me at WorkbenchCon? Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, 25, because she's also a fellow twin mama. Yes, she is. And she would also like to know if you have any advice for someone who would love to get into teaching maker classes. I love that she gets to build fun things with that community. Yes. Find a school in which you can volunteer at. Start there. Oh, that's perfect. I like that. That was a good rapid fire. Well, thank you. I hope the kids settle down. I know they've been giving you the runaround because I've seen those eyes. <laughs> Mom eyes, Keith, they're a thing. <laughs> oh, I've, I've watched it here. Yes. I've watched it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talk a lot without saying anything. That's yeah, right. I, I was one of those kids once. Uh, uh, <laughs> the one that just four, wanted to go to bed. Four yeah. boys. I'm one of four boys. So I saw those from my mom often. Those, <laughs> get out of here. You should be in bed eyes. Yeah. Yeah, guys, just don't leave us alone. I've got two boys, and it's just like, hi, hi, you know. <laughs> oh, what do you need now? <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you for coming out and hanging out. Um, I can't wait to actually meet you in person. It's gonna be so exciting. So until thank then, you. yes, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed chatting with you both tonight. Um, it's a highlight. The highlight of my life being able to to talk to you and, and meet you soon so thank you so much you're welcome and actually before we end keith can you just talk about make what you fear just really fast yeah make what you fear is a uh competition that we're running over the working hands podcast and it is to get people out of their comfort zone and into a medium they haven't worked on before so if you use the hashtag make what you fear try a new medium like for sure anything other than wood because we know you're the wooden maven uh, try anything, post it, and you have a chance to win some great prizes. If you want to hear about it, hear about it on that podcast. I don't want to keep you here, but no, it's uh, fine. It's the Working Hand Podcast, and yeah, it's adventuring out, making something that you're not familiar with, something that you've always wanted to try but you've been afraid. So I think it's a really cool competition because you have prizes. So it's fun. a competition. Yeah, we have a lot of prizes. Yeah. One is to win a uh, trip to Maker Camp. If you're interested in going to maker camp i've never yes been. yes so i want to go to like maker the grand camp. prize yeah and then we have yes, like some saber tooth 
from Sabretooth, our mm-hmm. dear friends over at Sabretooth. Tiff yes, and I are know. both power carvers. Um, so you got Sabretooth, you got Vesting, Total Boat, Waffle Beaver, Maritime. There's a lot of prizes. I mean, yeah, talk it up, man. This is a maker podcast. People want to know what they can win. <laughs> they can I win know. a lot of stuff. Uh, all the prizes haven't been assembled yet. We're still uh, assembling more prizes. So um, if you're listening, you want to donate a prize, send it my way, and uh, we will get it out there. But yeah, it should be fun. There's a lot of posts already, a lot of buzz around it. So get out there and try something new. should be fun. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah I We do talk not. about everyone who enters. We'll get some sort of, uh, we will mention you on our podcast, talk about it. We spend about half the podcast talking about Make What You Fear posts. So it is, it's been going for since January 1st, but it ends on April 30th. The winner will be announced on May 7th on our podcast on May 7th. So. Yes. Get your get your entries in now because it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot towards the end. Cool. Thank you. Great. Yeah, okay. Thank you again. Go relax if you can and have a great night. We hope you enjoyed the show. A huge thank you to our sponsor, Sabretooth. They make carving easy and fun by providing you with some very fine made carving burrs and discs. So check out their tools. You're going to be in love with them. BTM at checkout will save you 10%. Another thank you to our Patreons. If you want to join our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash behind the maker podcast. Thank you and have a great night. See you next week.